it is great to talk chat with you. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure, of course. The film's a blast. <laughs> Bandit is so much fun. I, uh, I I confess that I've been a Josh fan for a long time. Um, my mother raised me watching soap operas when he got his, and he was uh, got to start from there. But how it usually starts, man. That's it. That's it. But no, the film the film is such a joy. Uh, it's just so much fun. I was wondering, from your perspective, what is it that excited you to tell this story? Um, you know, beyond the basic sort of narrative and, and great characters, it was the fact that it was so Canadian. Um, yeah. You know, having I, I think I had made two or three movies in Toronto at that point uh, when I read the script back in 2017. And I was sort of thinking to myself, why don't we have more like commercially viable Canadian films? You know, people used to come up to me and say, why do our movies look different or sound different? Why don't they have this sort of like mass appeal in Hollywood? And then I read this script and I was like, oh my God, this is, this is perfect. Like this is as Canadian as it gets. So I was jazzed about that. I love, don't get me wrong. I love Canadian films. Absolutely. They seem more self-reflective and this is just sort of like, it's, it's like pop. And... Yeah. It's a little, it's, it's sort of like straying from the conventional Canadian cinema, which yeah. is probably why I'll have some people shaking their fists at me, but I like <laughs> popcorn. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of that. Well, I, I, and actually I wanted to ask you about like the tone of the film, there's a real sense of play within it, whether it's Josh talking to the camera or even the, you know, I actually found myself looking forward to the little arrows pointing, this really happened. Um, I was just wondering why, why you decided to take that particular approach with, with this project. So when you read about the real Gil and you read the book, you're sort of struck immediately by the fact that this was a guy who was kind of a goofball, right? You know, he's a bank robber, but he never took himself or robbing banks too seriously, as evident, you know, with like the disguises and the way he kind of, you know, uh, exuded that charisma and the charm with people. So I immediately sort of felt that there was a need to bring a lot of levity into the into the character and into the story. And, you know, I've always just been, I, I love comedy. I love heart. I love those kinds of things. I try to in, inject that into all projects that I make. So it just sort of felt like possible to tell this story without leaning into uh, his sort of quirks and, and his, you know, humor that he brought. Yeah, there's a real charm about about him in this film. And uh, actually, I'm, it makes me happy you saying that because we only see uh, Gil uh, very briefly at the, in the, at the end of the film. And I was wondering... Uh, what it was like did you have the chance to speak with him and what surprised you most about him yeah so craig wenman the writer um was introduced to the real gill by robert knuckle uh one of the authors of the book who passed away a couple of years ago and craig and gill became good buddies i mean they took a trip to chicago together and they took a bunch of pictures in front of banks as a joke and uh, I spoke to Gil quite a few times when Craig and I were developing script and sort of, because there was a script that Craig wrote. And then when I came on board and signed on to the film, I read the book. There were a bunch of things that I wanted to add to the story. And we spoke to Gilbert. And then when Josh signed on to the film, we put them together. Mm. And so there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot for Josh to work off of, 
you know, source material wise. And then, you know, Gilbert sort of informing him as to what his process was and to why he did the things he did and how he sort of created his disguises, which is how we sort of then made sure to, to show some of that on screen. And then he came to set too. Like, I mean, he was there for about a week, I want to say. And he even cameos uh, in the background a couple of times as a patron with a beer and a playmate. Uh, it's not something that's easy to spot, but he is there. Uh, so he, yeah, so he was a pretty, pretty integral part of the process for sure. Wow. That's wild. You know, like I said, the film is, the film is actually so much fun. It's almost hard to believe that that's sort of. Well, that's why the, well, to, to go back to what you were saying, that's sort of why the arrows and the captions are there because I remember when I screened a rough cut for a colleague of mine, he, one of his notes was, no one is ever going to believe that he just paid a homeless guy for his health card, for his ID. And I was like, dude, that actually happened. Like some of these things are so, so like it's stranger than fiction. These things happen. So we always knew we were going to play with the fourth wall and do some fun uh, cosmetic and stylistic uh, quirks with the film. And then that sort of solidified. And I was like, okay, I think we need to have like a fun tracker here as to like this happened, this also happened, and this definitely happened, you know? Just on a personal note, I have to say that what joy it brought me to see the old health cards because I still Thank you. I was like, I, I, I forgot I was going to bring it out and say, look, I still, uh, I still have it. Mine, mine got cut up, man. But dude, I mean, the art team, the props, like none of them had ever been to Canada. Before, okay. <laughs> so the fact that they were able to track that down, make it. Uh, was I saw it and it brought back the childhood memories from there. It really does. Um, it, it's so we talk about Canadian film. We talk about shooting in Canada and health cards, but I didn't realize you shot this in Georgia. Yeah. Well, actually, so curiously, did you know that before you watched the film? No, I didn't. I didn't. I uh, so I tricked. So you're what you're saying is I duped you and it worked. I, I well, I mean, That's there are so many different areas of Toronto, and then I think. I forget where the, is it Pembroke? No, where does the film end up in Pembroke? Pembroke is, so Pembroke's about an hour and a half west of Ottawa. Yeah, so I was like, well, that, that could be one of our homes. And it's, it's so funny because Toronto plays everywhere. It was weird to me to see somewhere else play Toronto. I know, you know, I think Alicia, Mel, Josh all commented on multiple occasions that there's no way this has been done before. Like, you find me the person who went to america to double canada and i'd love to talk to that person because i don't think it's been done before yeah that was uh that was a curveball i mean when covid was sort of at its height and we were ready to go it just it didn't make sense you know we we would have to be in vancouver ottawa toronto montreal yeah. and even you know with the support of someone like telefilm and all the subsidies that would still be a huge undertaking so we got a call one day and they're like look it's not a great sell to an actor who's going to come into the country and you're going to say, listen, so you're going to start work in three weeks, but for two weeks, you're going to sit in a hotel room by yourself and you're going to quarantine. So if you're Mel Gibson and you're working for a week, it's really tough to convince somebody, despite how much money they will or won't make, to sit in a hotel room for a longer period of time than they're actually going to be working. So it just, it just couldn't, it just didn't, it didn't make sense. So um, Georgia, at least, you know, I'd never been to Georgia, but from the research that I had done, knowing that Marvel has infrastructure there, everybody's shooting there, they have no cap on their tax credit. Uh, I got down there and I said, oh my God, a lot of this was like rural Ontario. Yeah. Like it works. Yeah, it worked well. It worked well.
Uh, one of the things I thought was so interesting about the film is that it talks a lot about the system. Like there, you know, a lot of times when, when we see a heist film, like uh, Ocean's Eleven, totally different film, but I mean, Ocean's Eleven, it's just about revenge or about this thing, but this is a film very much about the system. I was wondering, I, I don't know if you can answer this or not, but do you think the system creates its own villains? Look, I think it's the whole nature versus nurture thing too. Yeah. Um, you know, it obviously played a part. It was a seed that we planted more than anything for Alicia's character so that you could feel that it would make sense that she'd go along with it. Obviously, yeah. spoiler, right? But, um, you know, I do think that it certainly has an impact when people are desperate they turn to uh, desperate maneuvers and behavior to try to get by. You know, look, it, it, in the 2008 crash, the amount of people that were left holding the bag and trying to figure out how they were gonna pay for their kids' tuition or for their healthcare in the States, um, it's it sadly, I, I do think it's, it's, it is to some extent a reflection of the system. Yeah, I, I love that uh, you keep coming back to the phrase, no one is born bad like anything it takes practice. And it's just sort of this this reflection that, well, I mean, as is, see, this was the thing I think is so interesting about Gil. You show him so much love. You know, he's, it, it's literally a film where he's the bad guy, but he's not really a bad guy. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of like that tagline from Mel's movie, Payback, get ready to root for the bad guy. Uh, although it's funny, I wouldn't classify Gil as a bad guy or a villain. Um, I think what's so important about the film is that he's so relatable. Mm. And you actually see him trying to go straight. Like, I mean, he comes to Canada and he's like, all right, yes, I'm on the lamb, I'm the fugitive, but fresh start. Oh, it's a woman. She's great. She's going to turn my life around. And you see him actually go through the motions. And I think that's why. I spent the amount of time that I did in that first act setting up his world, his character, kind of trying to show you all the things he's trying to do before he actually starts to commit these robberies. I think that's like a vital part to his journey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's, it, it's, it's really interesting to sort of see how that plays out because again, there's this tension, you know, and, and it's not just because uh, Josh and Alicia have great chemistry or because Josh has charm. Like there's, there's a genuine sense amongst his character with the writing that it's like, you know, I, I'm doing this because, well, I'm good at it. And, yeah. and uh, what else am I going to do? I have no other options, you know? No, it's not like he, it's not like he came to Canada to try to, you know, live this life of crime. And, and I think that's also one of the other things that's interesting when people have been asking me, you know, what one of the challenges was, there, there was so much material that didn't make it into the movie. I mean, so the, the first cut of the film was actually three hours long. Oh my okay. Yeah, there's actually three. My director's cut was about two and a half hours. I was like, there's no way anyone's gonna let me do that. So getting to where it was, was, was a huge challenge. But there were sequences we didn't film, um, one of which was Gilbert's backstory growing up in Los Angeles with a white mother and a Latino father. Uh, feeling like an outsider, race relations, not really having a place, uh, belong, but he had this belonging for home and family. Uh, and that's sort of what shifted him into who he was. And so despite always trying to do the right thing, he kind of lapses and falls back into his old ways, right? So that was one of the things we weren't really able to explore. Um, you know, if it was a miniseries, sure, but it wasn't one of those things that we could fit into the film. Uh, though I think that regardless of that, all that being said, uh, it is obvious that he 
you know, uh, was well-intentioned. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say to you too, though, no one comes to Canada to get rich, not with our exchange rate. So, no, no, <laughs> not, not no. from, not from the U S no, <laughs> no, no. Um, honestly, uh, Alan, the, the film is so much fun. Just as we start to wrap up here, what do you hope audiences take away? I honestly hope that they take away that notion that the film is meant to be fun. Um, more than anything, though, I want people to appreciate the performances. I think Josh is incredible. I think Alicia is incredible. Their chemistry together is sort of magical when they're together. And so that's that, that's something for me as a director that I take such pride in is being able to work with such gifted actors like that who are so professional and who are so committed to the work that uh, it then shows on screen. So I really hope that people walk away uh, and they're moved by by these uh, performances. It, it really is. It's a, it's a ton of fun. Uh, Alan, thank you so much for the chance yeah. to chat with you. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. All right. Thanks. Hey, I wish you the best. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Oh,